0: Mic check. Mic check, check, check. Mic check. Mic check, 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 check. Yeah. Hi. Welcome to the I Hate Reading Podcast, the show where I read out loud, not because I want to, but because I have to. I hate reading because I can't stand the sound of silence. I'm not good at reading, but I'm great at talking. So let's get started. Kingdom Hearts, Roxas' Story, Chapter 3, The Third Day. Hey! It's been a while since I did this. I've been kind of on a break. I know I said in, like, the first episode I had this down-packed, but I've had a lot of personal stuff behind the scenes, so I'm ready to just come back in and read this book. So let's do it. The third day, last time we did this, Roxas was enjoying his summer vacation with his friends, and there were some mysterious men watching him in the distance, one of whom we may know, but we're not sure. Let's keep going. In the deep black darkness stood a girl with pale skin and flaxen hair. Who are you? Roxas asked, but she only smiled, telling him nothing. And Roxas's consciousness slowly returned from the dark back into the light. His awakening on the third day was gentle and serene. Who was that girl? he murmured, sitting up in no particular hurry. Suddenly, he had the sense that someone was standing in the corner, and he turned. Huh? She was there. The girl from his dream. That couldn't be real. Roxas rubbed his eyes, and when he opened them again, she was gone. A dream? He felt like he'd had another long dream last night. And then, at the end, that girl appeared. She had seemed familiar, somehow, and kind. There was a note left for him in the space below the tracks. Meet at the station. Today's the day we hit the beach. And don't sweat about the money. It was from Hayner. Roxas tucked the note in his pocket and left to head for the station. As he was walking down to Market Street, he saw Olette and Pence. Hey, he called. They started to run over to him. But then his vision went funny again. Huh? Olet and Pence had simply stopped midstep, paused like a video. Hello? Roxas? It was the girl from his dream this morning, appearing in front of him while he just stood there, stunned. He could see her more clearly now. Her light blonde hair, the color not too different from his own, fell a little past her shoulders, and she had blue eyes and a white dress. Her skin was so pale, it seemed almost translucent. Who? he began. She held her finger up to his lips and tilted her head. I want to meet you. If I could. Me? Yes, you. Her gaze on him was so intense, it almost prickled. Roxas looked away. And when he did, the world warped. Huh? Pence ran up to him. Olette dragged me along to go shopping. You want to come too? Olette smiled. Um, just now, there was a... Roxas glanced at where the girl had been standing. No one was there. Roxas, are you okay? Pence said, worried. No, er, yeah, it's... nothing. Olette gave him a puzzled look. Well, all right. See you later. That girl. She and Pence were on toward Market Street. That girl, Roxas murmured. She said she wanted to meet me. I want to see her again, too, he thought. He had the feeling that she could explain all these bizarre things that were happening to him. The strange dreams, the weird creature, and that girl. Roxas took off at a run. Naminé watched Roxas from atop a building. We came into being together, like twins. Our hearts are connected to the same place. No, all the hearts of all the worlds are seeking one single heart. Kingdom hearts. But Roxas, the most important part is, you were born from the same place, in the same way. And the same people are trying to use us. The organization and Diz, they both want to use us. Because the way we were created is so special. And we are seeking the same thing. Although, maybe you've forgotten by now. Hey, Namine. She looked to the sudden intrusion. You, standing there with someone she thought had died in Castle Oblivion. A young man with a black cloak and red hair. Looks like you and me just keep running into each other. Axel. Naminé met his gaze without backing down. She was sure Sora had put an end to him back at Castle Oblivion. I'm not a ghost, if that's what you were thinking. Axel said with a cocky grin, and along with her, looked at Roxas down below. What are you doing here? She asked. Just following orders. His expression went flat as he said this. I see. Naminé frowned and looked away. What about you? She bit her lip. Me? What do I want to do? What should I do? I don't know. You're the only one who can save him. What? She raised her head. Got it memorized? Axel. He said nothing more. Only gave her a faint smile and vanished. Is Axel the good guy now? No. Looking for the girl, Roxas ran to the sandlot. Cypher and his retinue were loitering there as usual, chatting about something or other. Cypher saw him first. Hey, Roxas. But before Roxas could reply, something was swarming him. Black shadows on the dirt around him. Who dares? shouted Fu. The shadows rose up from the ground, taking shape as strange silvery creatures. More of them? Roxas got ready for a fight. There were three of them surrounding him. The same kind of creatures as the picture thief. Cypher was ready, too. Don't know who they are, but they already crossed the line. Here. He tossed Roxas a toy weapon for the struggle participants. Got it. Roxas caught it and swung at one of the silver things. But just like before, his attacks couldn't seem to hit it. How? What do I do? He gripped the toy sword tighter. Roxas, use the keyblade. The girl's voice rang out. It was her. And then time stopped around him again. Huh? He looked around, trying to find the source of the voice, and found her on top of a building. The creatures attacked. "'Roxas!' Naminé called. And this time, when he was about to fight back, everything shifted into darkness. "'Whoa!' Darkness swallowed him up, and he fell. But from above, he could faintly see a light. He flailed his way toward it. A small white hand reached out for him. The moment he took hold of it, wispy light glowed all around. "'Who?' Roxas began. The girl was floating with him, holding his hand in empty space. My name is Naminé. She smiled softly. Roxas, do you remember your true name? He shook his head. True name? What does that mean? That's enough, Nomine. A man in a black cloak suddenly appeared from behind her and grasped her arm. The man's voice sounded familiar to Roxas. But if no one tells him, Roxas will... Naminé looked up at the man's hooded face and trailed off. If no one tells me, I'll what? It's best that he doesn't know the truth. That voice, it was the same as, Can you feel, Sora? The voice that had asked him that question. Hey, give our money back, Roxas shouted. The man turned away, unhurried. Roxas couldn't quite see his face, but it seemed like he was laughing a bit. What, what gives? The man let go of Naminé and silently waved his hand in the dim space behind Roxas. A hole of even deeper darkness opened up. Huh? The man shoved Roxas hard in the chest, and he fell back into the hole. He yelped. And then he came to in the dirt, and the sandlot looked the same as usual. Well, looks like Roxas was in a whole heap of trouble. Thought I'd take a little break for a second. This one's very short, but I thought I would say this podcast is brought to you by my Patreon. I tried to make it a while back, and I was making content for it regularly and consistently for a while, extra content, and no one was subscribing. So I said, screw it, it's not worth it, it's too much stress, too much anxiety. So now, Patreon's free. You can go watch everything on it, all my videos in one place. If you want to donate $5, $10, and just be a nice pal, you'll get your name at the end of videos. No one has done it yet, and I don't expect anyone to do it. Basically just begging for money. But hey, if you want to be a part of that, patreon.com slash aloneyplus, baby. Give me a couple bucks. It'll make me feel better about doing all this for free. I've been making YouTube videos for almost five years now, and I haven't made a penny. In fact, I've actually spent about six grand on all the equipment I use for streams and videos and all that stuff. So if you want to contribute and help out, patreon.com slash aloneyplus, where I beg for money. And if enough people show up, maybe I'll start making exclusives again. Back to the show. Cypher, you should strike a pose, you know? Rye was cheering. How's this? Awesome. After Rai and Cypher's voices came, a flash and a click of a camera shutter. Apparently, they were taking pictures with Roxas passed out on the ground. One more, you know? Roxas sprang up and rushed at Rai. Hey, what are you doing? Keepsake, Fu said. Those freaks in the white jumpsuits are gone, you know. Rai told him. Gone? What were those things? Roxas asked Cypher, who was staring at him. That's what I want to know. Cypher nodded decisively. And if they don't wise up to the rules around here, I might have to take disciplinary action. Yeah, Cypher's always looking out for the town, Rye crowed, as Fu turned back toward the entrance of the sandlot. Man, Rye is obsessed. But Cypher, Hainer, Pence, and Olette were there, watching the proceedings. Hmm. Hainer frowned and turned away. Pence and Olette exchanged glances and followed suit. Wait up! Roxas hurried to catch them. Hey, no chickening out on the tournament tomorrow. Cypher called after him. Roxas pretended not to hear. When Roxas got back to their hideout, the mood dropped. You hung out with Cypher's gang today? Pence said, looking a little upset. No, it's not like that. A moment later... Roxas redirected the conversation with a nervous question. Oh, yeah. How was the beach? You guys went today, right? Well, Olette replied with a glance at Hainer. It wouldn't be the same without the four of us. Sorry. Roxas hung his head apologetically. Hainer wouldn't even spare him a glance. So Roxas jumped up and approached the other boy. Hey, what if we go tomorrow? We could get pretzels and... Hainer bluntly turned his head away. I promised I'd be somewhere. Oh, oh. Then Roxas finally remembered. Tomorrow was the struggle tournament. Ooh, drama. I'm out of here. Hayner got up and walked away. Heavy silence settled in after him, and Olette gave a tiny sigh. (sighs) Roxas and Pence stared. Roxas, Pence started. Sorry. Roxas hung his head again. Restoration at 48%. Ooh, boy, that's some drama. Relationship problems. You were hanging out with that other cool guy who everybody likes more than me. And now I'm jealous. I'm jealous that you didn't come with us all the way over to the beach. We've been trying to go to the beach together. Why don't you come to the beach with me, bro? We didn't go to the beach because we we waited for you. Not like I like you or anything. Nomura loves having, like, a, a bro friend that's, like, really attached to you. Debatable whether or not all these guys have crushes on each other or if it's just the fact that in Japan people are more free. I don't know. But reading it as an American in English after it's been translated 40 times, it really seems like all these guys are like really crushing on the main character. I'm probably just reading into things. He was there with Diz in the shadowy room. The computer made faint whirring and clicking sounds. Was that Namine made of data? he asked. No, Diz replied, staring at the screen. Namine hijacked the data herself. Look at what she's done now. Completely beyond my control. He clenched his fist, slammed down on the keyboard in frustration. The computer beeped softly. Calm down, he told Diz, deflating slightly. That's the first time I'd seen him show any emotion. It doesn't matter, Diz said. As long as Naminé fulfills her purpose, we needn't worry about what befalls Roxas. At that, he spun on his heels and began walking away. Where are you going? He left the room without answering. Naminé gazed at the sleeping Sora in the pod. We have to do this for you to wake up, and for the worlds to wake up, she thought. Even if we have to sacrifice someone else, Sora must wake up. Is that really okay? Is it right? Are we supposed to exist? We never should have been born. I know that, but I still have a wish. I want to exist here, and I want to remain in someone's memories. Hey, Sora, what would you do? Would you tell us the same things you told the fake one, the puppet, the replica, that we're ourselves and no one else? That we have our own hearts inside of us, and yet, we have no hearts. We seek our hearts because we don't have our own. Is it so wrong to seek out something we've lost? We have no hearts. But what is a heart anyway? I can feel. I feel you. I can think. I think of you. We can want things. We want hearts. But doesn't that mean we already have hearts? Or is a heart something else? Diz says that we are anomalies. Then what about Axel? Or Ansem? What about the others from the organization who died in Castle Oblivion? What is a heart? I don't know, Sora. Do you know? The mystery of the one great heart, Kingdom Hearts. It doesn't make sense to me. Hey, Sora, can you tell me? Naminé asking, what is the plot, Sora? What is this story about? Can you tell me what Kingdom Hearts is? Because they've never been clear, Sora. Could you, could you tell me? I know you've been sleeping in that pod for a long-ass time, but uh come on. Just tell me, bro. What's Kingdom Hearts? What is it? I mean, I know what it is, but could you tell me <laughs> Anyway, that's the end of this one. This one's really short. Chapter 3 is is incredibly short. Sorry I came back with like a super short one, but there's a lot of background noise and I don't want to ruin the recording anymore. So next time we will read chapter 4 and the fragment going to be a pretty big one, I think. And then there is chapter 5 chapter 6 And then seven. And that'll be the end of this arc with Roxas and all that. It was fun. I hope you had fun. I had fun. Uh, Where do I even record a mid-roll in this episode? Oh, I see. Okay, I'll do it. All right. I'll see you later. Hopefully these will come out more consistently. Anyway, I'm Eloni the Bard. Thanks for listening. Bye.